This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello and welcome to Rochast, the flagship podcast of affectionate intelligence. Aw. That's so nice. It's really cute. That's how I describe you most of the time. It's <laughs> an all-knowing, kind of cuddly intelligence. The L- affectionate intelligence is how LG is branding its AI washing machines. Uh-oh. Huh? So they don't have, you know, you go to the LG booth. Yeah. LG makes everything. Yes. And so here's our washing machines. Here's our little robot guy. And all the AI stuff is affectionate intelligence. Because okay. it's AI. Because yeah. it's AI. It's also AI. It's yeah. like pers- instead of personal intent. It's not like chat GBT, which will lie to you and then try to bang you. <laughs> this is much more. It's just going to make sure your, your sweaters are dry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've LG up on has the a little phone. robot. So we, we should, LG and Samsung both have little robots. We'll talk about Bali because David and I both got to see Bali in action. The LG robot is so silly. Like they're not even pretending that this will be a real product. It doesn't even have arms. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like a little thing that walks around and, and makes squeaky noise about you. It's cute. It is very cute. Uh, so it's day two of VergeCast at CES. We're sitting here at the Kia Connected home right in front of the show floor at CES. I'm your friend, Neelai. David Pierce is here. Hello. Alex Rans is here. Hey. The Verge team is everywhere across yes. the show floor. If you are on our site or you're on TikTok or whatever, you've seen we've got reporters everywhere. They're making themselves sick at laser shows. It has been quite an experience here at CS. I would say it's been a good show. It has been a good show. It's been, uh, I would say, not as like full of wildness as CES sometimes yeah. is. Like there are very few sort of bonkers, off the wall, new things as there sometimes are. But in terms of like actual cool things that might be actually cool in the actual world, like. It's yeah. been pretty good. I've yeah. been uh, there's more here than I expected, actually. Yeah, there's, and it's a lot of iteration has occurred. Right. Yeah. And then you can like slap chat GPT on it, and this t- test I always use at CS is the local news test. Uh-huh. Like how ridiculous is CS by how many things break through the barrier of local news programming? Oh, that's good. Mm. And that one that I always remember that the baseline product for this test is the year there was the smart fork. Oh <laughs> God. And it would tell you if you were eating too fast. Yep. Uh-huh. It didn't actually work. No. But poor Joanna Stern was at ABC at the time. Yeah. And so she was just like on every local news broadcast in America being like, it's a smart fork. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of smart fork at CES. There was so much enthusiasm for the smart fork. There was. Like it was, it was such earnest belief that this was a good idea. That just, these were simpler but times. But that's how you, that's how I measure CES. <laughs> right. Is like what's. Is there garbage that breaks through to the local news <laughs> or is there meaningful technology mm-hmm. that is, and like, there's a lot of meaningful technology. There's a little bit of local news garbage. This year it's the, it's the e-ink toilet, right? Uh, is I that think, the, is I that, think yeah, it's the, the e-ink, e-ink toilet, toilet. Yeah. the sort of transparent display situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is uh, you should watch the video. Jen Tui went and looked at an e-ink toilet from Kohler. You get the feeling to Kohler has like maybe more R&D money than it knows what to do with. Kohler, have Just you been to Kohler's booth? I have not yet been. Kohler's booth has all kinds of stuff and then I don't know, 15 just running showers. Yeah. <laughs> All going into like a pond. There's but just it's a soothing. pond. It's very soothing. Like you walk into yeah. it and you're like, oh, I'm in a little garden. Look, I'm from Wisconsin uh, where Kohler literally owns a company town called Kohler, Wisconsin. I wish Kohler nothing but the best. You know, <laughs> pump some of that water back into the local economy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but every year Kohler is like, this time the toilet has more technology yeah. in it. Uh, it's pretty great. Okay, so I think we're going to break the show up into three segments. If you watched our earlier show this week, David's Gambit was that was the screens show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is meant to be the not screens show. In Despite the fact that many of the things we're going to talk about have screens. everything we're going to talk about <laughs> has screens here. <laughs> My methodology is not to be questioned. But the, it's products that are screen products. Yeah, that are like about the screens. And then, now, and then this show is all the products that are... 
products that have I mean, screens. I mean, we have e-ink toilets now. Like, everything has screens. <laughs> there were, we've, we wrote stories about headphone cases that have screens on them. Now, like, yeah. you just cannot avoid screens anymore. But they're, like, not the point of the thing. Right. They're just, like, one of the gadgets we're going to talk about. They're literally, there to show you ads. Literally, the question was, why did you put a screen on this? And his answer was, eh, screens are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it was. And so it's like, this just yeah. screens are cheap and they're everywhere. Okay. So we're going to talk about some gadgets. Then we should talk about a bunch of standards that hit pretty important moments at yeah. the show. Which actually kind of is the story yeah. of CES this year. It's like there are big standards that are going to start to be everywhere that are like here in a really meaningful way. Yeah. Like well, Wi-Fi 7 had a moment. Thunderbolt 5 is here. This was a smart home stuff. Mm -hmm. Alex had an ATSC 3.0 adventure, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's uh, magic. And then we should talk about some cars because there's tons of CS yep. always has tons and tons of cars at it. And we should just go through all the cars. So let's start with gadgets. And I want to start, David, with what is undeniably the breakout gadget hit of the show, which you have seen yes. and talked to the founder of, the Rabbit R1. This thing came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And I think probably has been the most talked about single device yeah. of the show. It's either that or the transparent TVs. Yeah. But so this thing is basically, it's just dedicated. AI hardware, right? It's like if you've ever seen the the Panic Playdate, that little console with the the yeah. crank, the crank, uh, it feels just like that. It's like colorful and orange. It has a button on the side and a camera and a scroll wheel. And it was made by Teenage Engineering, and so it's like lovely and all the buttons feel really good. But the shtick is it's an AI gadget. And this company, Rabbit, which has kind of an interesting history. Its founder has worked on AI stuff for a really long time. Uh, he's on the board of Teenage Engineering, so he's like connected to this world. They built this whole big new thing where instead of a large language model like ChatGPT, which is fundamentally about like you input something and you get text back, this is about like doing stuff, right? So their idea is you should be able to say, I want to accomplish any goal. I want to listen to music. I need a ride here. Order me something. Book me flights on something, whatever. And have it all be like accomplishable with all of the services you use, but inside of what amounts yeah. to an assistant. One million billion unanswered questions so about many. that. But it's $199. It's a like adorable little gadget. And the two reactions that everybody seems to have are either this thing doesn't do anything that my phone doesn't do. Why on earth would I want it? And this thing doesn't do anything my phone doesn't do. And oh my God, I want it so bad. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is very cute. Yeah. yeah. I think people are just reacting to the idea that they could purchase a gadget. The questions are just in infinite. Yes. Yes. Like, for example, it's $200. Mm -hmm. There's no recurring fee, right? There's no subscription service. Right. They, they, this thing can't be making money. Like, just from the jump, it's like... It seems impossible. They have to yeah. run a cloud service. There's no way that they're making enough money on the upfront sale to run the cloud. They had to service. pay like teenage engineering to do all the design work. Like right. Uh, yeah. Uh, another question I have, and I encourage everyone to go watch this. They put it out in what is a can only be described as a fake Apple keynote. Oh, very yeah. much so. He's yeah. he's standing there on a stage. I don't know if there's an audience, but it doesn't so appear there's can I an can audience. I actually describe the yeah, scene yeah. to you because it's very funny. So this wasn't on the show floor. It was kind of a secret thing, like. I found out about it from like a relatively sketchy email that was just like, we're launching the future of everything. And I was like, well, all right, like I got it. We'll just find <laughs> out. Uh, it was deep. I mean, deep, like it, like a mile and a half walk from the front door of the wind to this like tiny little meeting room in the back of the wind where this keynote was. And it was set up, it was like in a ballroom. And, you know, on the one side you have tables for people to stand out and coffee and stuff. And on the other side, maybe four rows of seats and then this big screen and Jesse Liu, the founder, standing in front of that. And that's where they shot the whole thing. And it looks so polished and so professional and it's literally just him standing in a casino ballroom <laughs> talking in front of a screen. It yeah. was very impressive. Yeah, like but you were of, in that audience. I was in that audience. So that was live. I thought that was a production. But no, you were there. It was live. All right, so that's the experience you had. The experience yeah. I had was what appears to be a pre-produced version of the presentation you were given. Which now that I'm looking at it is even more apple than the thing. Right, it looks yes, like a fake for. Apple keynote. <laughs> yeah. That's the introducing our one video on their channel. Right. And the thing about this that caught me, and I'm wondering if you saw this in action, is in the video, he's like 
asks it to do something and you look at the animation of the rabbit jumping, which is adorable, mm-hmm. yeah. but you never actually see it do the thing. Right. He's like, success. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> uh, but you like held it and got to use it. Did it, did it work? Yes and no. Oh. Um, Uh-oh. Well, I did get to hold it. It did work, but we were on horrible hotel Wi-Fi, which I can vouch for being horrible. Yeah. So it kind of came and went in terms of actually being able to do anything at all. And obviously a device like this can't do much offline, period, because everything it's doing is happening in the cloud. So after about 10 minutes of everybody sort of playing with it, getting to try stuff, he literally like disconnected it and just was it, handing it around to people. But at one point, it rickrolled somebody. Somebody was holding it in That's their hand good. and and never going to give you up, started playing. That's and I think good. that might have been when they took it offline for good. They're like, no, we're done. That's how it reacts to losing its connection. It's like, yeah. you're, yeah. you're going to like this. So again, like added to the list of unanswered questions about this thing is like, does it actually work? Because I think you're, you're right. And a bunch of people had this reaction of like, you see him talk into it. Clever cut. You see it work. And it's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> what does it do? Like, yeah, I, like I keep trying to understand that. Okay. So I, I have. Okay. I'm just going to say my ideas. And then David okay. can tell me if I'm right. Okay. Yeah. How's that? That's how we'll structure this. Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't think David actually knows. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I bet I know slightly more than you, but only slightly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my understanding of this mm-hmm. is that it is using the apps for you. Right. And this is not a new idea. Yeah. Uh, if you are a decoder listener, we've had like robotic process automation episodes where big enterprises basically bring in computers to use their old computers for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, these are big companies that do this work. And that's at the corporate level. It's enterprise that this is a, a known thing. We're going to use yeah. some machine learning and some computer vision, and we're going to use windows 3.1 instead of updating the hospital building system. Right. This is a real thing that happens. There was a company called Cavo uh, that I loved ages ago. Yeah, yeah we talked and about they that were, last week. Uh, and they were going to do machine vision to like click around on your TV interface for you. Right. They, they failed. It, it didn't go well, uh, as we talked about last week. Yeah. Uh, but not because you can't do it technically. Like It is a possible thing to do. It is yeah. a thing you can do. Yeah. So this gadget, the hardware seems less important than whatever is happening in the cloud. Yes. Oh, very much so. The the hardware is just like a little bitty cute thing you can ask questions of. And then somewhere in the cloud, it appears they're spinning up like Android virtual machines that have your Spotify app or whatever on it. Right. And then it's clicking around on a little Android phone, like a virtual Android phone in the cloud, and then delivering you the result. Onto the the little Onto the little thing. So that is also... I think my understanding of like the most likely way for it to work. What that doesn't do is jive at all with what Rabbit says about privacy, which is that it doesn't store your credentials. Yeah. And yeah. so there's there's like a total disconnect there that I just don't understand. And what I do know is they have this training mode where you can like teach Rabbit how to do something for you. Like one of the examples Jesse, the CEO, gives is uh, how to remove a watermark from Photoshop. And the way that you do it is you literally go into Rabbit Hole, which is like their adorably named portal for getting really into all of good. your apps. It's very good. good. Name. Uh, like the, the whole branding of this is excellent. Um, you go into it and you, like you said, you boot up a virtual Windows machine, you load Photoshop, and this is all like Rabbit's computers, not yours, right? Yeah. So you're, you load up Photoshop and then you narrate aloud what you're doing as you're teaching the model how to do it. So you go through the process and you say, and then you you go over here and you select the lasso and then you select you you lasso around the watermark and then you click this and that and that and you remove the watermark. And that's how you train the model. So in terms of like how to actually interact with the underlying model, your metaphor is exactly right. Then what happens after that? Yeah. I do not know. Because like once I give it my Spotify credentials, Rabbit says unambiguously that it does not then keep my Spotify credentials. And I have no idea yeah. how it can At not some point, do that. it just has to yeah, have yeah, a like, token to log into Spotify right. on your behalf, right? Are we sure it's absolutely going to be in the cloud? Or is it going to be in the cloud, then talking to your phone, and in the cloud, talking to your laptop? It's not talking to your devices. That okay. I know for sure. Right. But do they have a rack of, like, mid-range Android phones? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> like, hot dog fingers just banging away <laughs> on them. Like, beepers thing with the Mac minis getting yeah. into your iMessages? Yeah. Yeah, there, uh, this is just a big question I have about yeah. this whole product, right? Which is, it sounds really cool. What if you had an assistant that could use a computer for you? Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Right? And you don't, and you don't have to re-architect all these apps and services, 
you don't need Adobe's permission, maybe, big question mark there. But you have a computer in the cloud. It's loaded up with legal apps and services. Who knows? It's not Alex's Plex server. It's a computer in the cloud. And a robot's going to click around on it for you Mm -hmm. and then do the work for you. And that just means that the price, like, that just can't work with with the privacy claims, right? Yeah, it's it's very difficult, to and they're also very it. clear about the privacy claims. Like it's, they're either just boldly lying, <laughs> or there is some clever turn that we don't know yet, and they're not really talking about yet. Yeah, yeah. But but it's not. They're not doing the like, you know, sketchy. You know, deflect when you ask questions of the like. No, they're they're just very ahead. straightforward about like we do not store your stuff. So, and I'm like, how? <laughs> I'll do the same sort of exercise as we did with the humane AI pin. Yeah. Right? You're like, here's the demo. So one of the demos was Spotify music, yeah. right? Okay. To make that work, they need your Spotify credentials. Then they've got to log into Spotify somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We don't know where or how. We don't know if they have a virtual Android computer or virtual Windows computer. We don't know how your $200 one-time payment is paying for that server cost. Right. That's just the beginning. Yeah. Then they've logged into Spotify. Their large action model has clicked around Spotify and found the song you want from the artist you want, which even Spotify search is not great at. Correct. So that's the, there's a yeah. whole problem there, right? It's going to navigate the Spotify interface, which is more and more geared towards like, what if you listen to a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> right? So like two different computers are going to yeah. be hostile to each other in that specific way. Then it's going to stream the audio from Spotify. Spotify's audio is DRM to hell and back because mm-hmm. it's a streaming service. So now it's accepting a DRM audio stream. And then it's going to send it to your rabbit. It's going to send it to your headphones. That little transcoding step where it rebroadcasts the DRM audio is... I would call Trouble. it a pickle. Yeah. Yeah. If you will. I think there's just like a vague whiff of vapor you to this, so? this thing like it just there's there's too many things where it's like no that doesn't compute that's not how computers yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there, this is just not how computers work this is just not how like any of these services work how and the fact that they're not saying how but they do have this really gorgeous hardware well, like, so i do think the how it's not such a leap the how okay right because machine vision to operate a computer interface has been deployed in other contexts. Right. The thing that gets me is the cost. No, right? it's, it's the cost. Like if you call Microsoft to come do a big RPA integration in your healthcare system, that is millions of dollars. Yes. It is not $200. Yes. One-time payment of $200. <laughs> One-time payment of $200. Like that, I, I'm just dying to know. And then they sold, which is to their credit, they sold vastly more than they thought they were going to sell. They sold out of their first run of 10,000 units in a day, maybe hours even. Yeah. So they've just signed up to run a pretty large set of, well, 10,000 virtual machines at least. Yeah. And, you know, we used to see that a lot in the Kickstarter days. Yeah. And then eventually you'd get an email saying, my bad. Yeah. And and, (laughs) and I, I like... This has that kind of feeling to me because the privacy situation and the cost are two things like... You need to explain. There's there's a big missing piece here, and you haven't disclosed it. And I kind of need to understand that, even yeah. though I do. I would 100 percent have spent 200 dollars on it if I'd gotten in. Like uh, they're going to open up another round. Yeah. Like yeah. the hardware itself. I'm like, I just want to yeah, play with. I that. love a teenage engineering device. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's uh, pretty cheap and for they say a they're teenage shipping, engineering. Like to everybody in March. Like this is right. By again, all accounts, I, the, the, yeah. their version of this thing is like ready. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, I think the to Alex's point, like the how of it. It's not like other people couldn't have come up with this idea. I think their challenges are, can you, because it actually worked. Is it brittle or is it really flexible, right? If Spotify changes the interface, will it actually survive that? Photoshop moves some buttons around. Will it survive that? That's got to run on Windows, by the way. You're not, they're running Photoshop on like an Android phone, like a mid-range Android phone with a hot dog. Well, I mean, they could be using like Azure or they could be using AWS, right? Like, oh, just, like, but all just cost after cost after cost. Yes. Right? Totally. Um, yeah, I'm just like, can I just read you a few sentences from yeah. their privacy webpage, which is actually like, a useful summary of everything we've been talking about. So it says, when you interact with RabbitOS, you will be assigned a dedicated and isolated environment on our cloud for your own large action model, which more or less 
Yeah. Yeah. Jives with you what you were talking about. Machine. Uh, when our rabbits perform tasks for you, they will use your own accounts that you have securely granted us control over through our rabbit hole web portal. We do not store your passwords for these services. I literally don't see how those two sentences can both be true. Because you don't need the password persistently. Yeah. You need it for like a, a second to get the off token. True if you're running Spotify's API. Not if you're logging in on a new machine that I'm spinning up every single time. No, but it says you have access to a machine. They're, you, they're giving you a little cloud computer that so is yours. For these 10,000 people who bought $200 Rabbit R1s, they also bought a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is what I'm asking. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, that's like, what it sounds like. Like, it sounds like they're saying, we personally aren't going to have, like, your code everywhere. Instead, our like, your little cloud computer that we manage is going to have it. Right. And a little splitting hairs there. Ah, yeah. Joke. Well, and this is this is <laughs> why if you're a lot of these companies, you try to build a thing where you can tap into APIs. Like there are lots of ways to interact with Spotify, not through Spotify, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Spotify has open APIs for this stuff, and you can plug in, and they do a good job of the authentication tokens. Rabbit is explicitly going a different direction. Yeah. So Spotify is a good example because it is a very simple. Th you could put the Spotify API on this device. Run it right. Locally. Spotify will happily let you do yeah. this Here's thing a that it's describing. Linux computer, yeah. it's going to ping Spotify and right. stream stuff. Maybe, and maybe that's what they're doing. Every smart speaker is that. Right. And they're cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You go to the second most complicated example. And like I said, I'm just running this down the way that we ran down Humane. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously Humane is a thing that people are going to compare this to. Uh, Humane, by the way, which laid off 4% of its staff this yeah. week. Uh, and I tried to play some games with Alex Heath when he broke that story. Pretty shady, Humane. Anyway. Not great. Uh, Not great. So. Their other example was booking a flight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is easily the most complicated thing you can do. Yes. Uh, and when I talk about hostile interfaces, oh, yeah. the interfaces to book a flight are openly hostile to you. Like all over the place, all the time. Prices are changing. It's unclear what you're buying. The door might fall off the plane. It's just a real <laughs> hard time in air travel. Uh -huh. This thing has to go. You say, like, book me a flight to Seattle. This thing has to. Go find a website to do that on. Mm -hmm. Then it has, it has to, to understand a vast amount about your preferences and yep. what you want and what you fly and what seats. Like the amount it has to know about you before it even starts the rest of this process. Right. It's really complicated. And if you are a United person and I'm a Delta person and you American. are American. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's three entirely different websites for the large right. action model mm -hmm. to understand and be able to navigate. And then it has to condense those into a coherent response that works on the interface of the rabbit. Yeah. And the airlines, by the way, hate this and always have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like they just don't want there to be a, a layer of abstraction over their websites. They don't like it. That's and then and then it has to actually do a good job of booking you a flight. <laughs> right. And it has to have your credit card so it can pay. And your frequent flyer miles, your like preferred seat area, like do you want first class? It's a lot that's yeah. gotta do. I don't know. I, like, I love this thing. I'm. It seems like we're going to get one soon. Yeah, I think sooner rather than later, we'll start to get a real idea of what this thing actually is. But I'm just saying, like, if you just, like, run the examples, just how would you do this? Yeah. Just step by step. In a funny way, I would be more bullish on this thing if it was $400 than I am at $200. I would be more bullish on it <laughs> if it was $200 and it was 30 bucks a month. Yeah. Like, at least I would Fair. understand, okay, like, yeah. I understand how this company can persist. The way yeah. it's structured now is, like, we're going to make a big splash. There's a part of me believes they started this company, they got all this interest, and then we're right, we're sitting right next to the Google booth here at the Kia Connected Home. They're going to sell it to Google in a year because there's so much interest in AI, and then Google will shut it down in two this years. This thing running Bard <laughs> would be so much less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I just don't, I don't understand the economics of this service, but it is very exciting. It looks very cool. I understand people are excited, and it is like a whole thought about AI, which yeah. I appreciate. Like they, yeah. they, they built a thing that is like a full vision. And I think that's cool. And it is yeah. bringing some tech that we have seen in the enterprise context to consumers. So I have more, I think I have more yeah. faith. That's it's not fair. 100% faith. It's maybe 5% more faith than you, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Like the hardware is so, and the, the, the concept is so, so good. Execution, I'm just like, no. Yeah. And I want I want I want I want it to work. I want this all to work. I would love a $200, no additional fees. Just like does everything for me. That's magic. That sounds great, but that's magic, and generally magic is not real. Yeah. So well, I went to the sphere last night. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Dave, Dave and I went to the sphere. Uh, boy, 
I was just, I'm in love with the sphere. Yeah. We should be a sphere in every town in America. We can see it from here. It's beautiful. It is, it, it is better farther away than up close. Oh. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then even inside in the screen, uh-huh. uh, you can see lines. And like, uh, you're like, I was, I was like, there's dead pixels. It's not IMAX. <laughs> uh, and then also we did not see you two. We saw yeah. Darren Aronofsky's postcard from Earth, mm-hmm. which is just the weirdest thing you can see <laughs> if you are sober. Mm-hmm. Oh, you. There oh. are people there who are not sober who are like, yes. The, yeah, that feels like a shrooms event. Yeah. So. That's real Adam and Eve allegory. Like yeah. at the end of it, like they get off. I'm, I'm going to spoil postcard from Earth. It's fine. It's mostly a reason to show you like videos of elephants. It's going to be <laughs> fine. At the end of it, they the Adam and Eve get off their spaceship and the voices are like, you are here for a reason. And the reason is obviously to bang and populate the planet they're on. Like, it's like very obvious Get to what it. the reason is. It's good. I, I, it's a love story. You should Aww. go to Earth, which humanity has left in this. Okay, Liam is telling me I gotta wrap this up. Uh, I love the sphere. There should, uh, you know, like the water tower in your town, if you're in a town in America with a water tower, go to your local town meeting and be like, we should turn our water tower into a sphere. Yes. Just a huge. It's only going to cost two point three billion dollars. <laughs> Probably. Don't worry about hail. You'll <laughs> be fine. Say, it was not full last night. When it, was it was, in fact, mostly empty. Yeah. Oh. But is that because people? Like I was just like magnetically drawn to the screen, regardless of what was on the screen. I would have been happy. <laughs> Postcard from Earth, I think, is not drawn a crowd. No. Anyhow. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some gadgets. We're going to talk about some standards. CES. Stay tuned at the broadcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back. Vergecast day two at CS, the Kia Connected Home. That's like CS day four. It's just the second Vergecast. Yeah. I've been doing this for 15 years and I still have no idea how to number any of these things. No. Yeah. We've been here for eight days. It's CES day three. Yeah. None of it makes any sense. I spent the whole day thinking it was Friday. The only thing that makes sense is the sphere, David. Yeah. <laughs> the giant, Trust ridiculous the spectacle. Uh, when you walk into the sphere, we, <laughs> oh like the lobby of the sphere is like bathed in blue light. There's uh-huh. like bad robots talking about the future at you. And you're like, oh, you just made like a, like an Epcot center. Like you yeah. went to the, the warehouse of old Epcot technologies. <laughs> Do you ride on a little train and get to see like the cavemen? No, they ran out of money well okay. before that happened. Yeah. That's what the, the postcard from Earth is supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. Right. The spaceship Earth where you go up. Yeah. Right. Um, no, there's a definite vibe at the sphere where you're like, well, this is where they ran out of money. <laughs> they built the screen and they're like, hmm, this carpet. Just porta potties everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if you are in Vegas, please, if you're listening to this and you ever come to Vegas, you just go look at the screen. It is an insane screen. Don't look at Postcard from Earth, I think is what I would <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think Fish is coming like in oh, April. Go. go see Fish. That's, that's, that's the move. That's appropriate. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Uh, actually, speaking, we, we got to talk about standards. There's a bunch of standards news here at mm-hmm. CS. But speaking of uh, just screen uh, mishaps, mm-hmm. you and I both saw Samsung Bali demos. <laughs> Poor Bali. And we saw Bali different had a tough week. mishaps. <laughs> what was yours? Well, okay. First, tell people what Bali is. So Bali is the sort of little rolling home robot that Samsung is making. We saw it last year and we yeah. saw a new version of it this year and its new thing is basically it's a it's a robot assistant projector. Yeah. So, it so like, last year it had no projector. Right. Yeah. Okay. And this year the demo is actually sort of convincing. It's like this little thing that will follow you around and you're like, oh, I'm doing a workout and it'll project your workout on the wall and then he went to do sit-ups and so it started projecting on the, the workout on the yeah. ceiling and I was like, that's awesome. And it's it can make calls for you. It knows your schedule. It's just like it's a little adorable smart speaker that just kind of like ambles around your house. Like I'm into it. I love it. The demo I saw, so they were doing these as shows, like once an hour, it was like Bali will appear. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Bali comes out, they do the first half of the demo, it's going fine. And then 
Bali is supposed to, I believe the first time it went wrong, Bali was supposed to make a phone call. And what Bali is supposed to do is project the phone call like up on the wall so you can see who you're talking to, whatever. Um, Bali projected it upside down <laughs> and about three inches off the ground. So all you could see was the word like flower shop upside down on the wall. And then Bali went around to try and, you know, help him see his calendar upside down and teeny tiny. And then for the last part of the demo, rolls it back over to the wall and the guy's like, oh, show me what's in my fridge so I can decide what to make. Leaving aside that his fridge is literally standing in front right of the fridge. next to him. Ugh. Yeah, like he could have reached out with his left hand and opened the fridge and instead he's like, Bali, what's inside the fridge? Bali projects nothing on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just nothing. And this poor guy who clearly has a script to follow stands there and he goes, hmm, so I have some apples. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was the moment that like the panic level among all the Samsung employees just started to spike and the demo ended very quickly after that. Yeah, yeah. it's over. Um, I saw the same Bali show. Uh, I thought the Call the Flower Shop mm-hmm. demo was very fun. It was just in the same way we were talking about the rabbit. He's like, what's on my calendar? And Bali was, shows a calendar. It's like, it's your anniversary. And he's like, okay, call the flower shop. And he just says, call the flower shop. You- and if you've ever done a search in your life, you know yeah. that is not a thing you can just instruct any assistant to There's do. not a thing on Google Maps called the flower shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like 10,000 sponsored <laughs> listings later. Uh, and then he calls the flower shop. He makes a phone call. And like, this is, you know, it's, yeah. it's a demo. It's fake, but whatever. But he's like, any dozen roses. And like, come and write your way. And they hang up. Oh. I was like, that's not how that works nope. no. at all. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to make dinner. He does the Apple thing. And then in mine, the mishap was he went to go watch a cooking video. Mm-hmm. And Bali was oh, I didn't to, even get that far. <laughs> <laughs> shut yours down. Yeah. Uh, mine, he was like, I'm going to do some cooking. And they, it was supposed to project it above the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. But Bali missed and presented it teeny tiny on the side of the cabinet (laughs) and he just kept going as though that wasn't happening just keep like looking down double checking all your your Uh, instructions it's very good I love the idea of Bali I think it's it's, it would be very fun to have a little projector that follows you around showing you things my favorite thing about it was Every time he would ask it a question, it would project little arrows on the ground, yeah, as, as, as telling you like, "Follow me over to this wall so I can show you." <laughs> and it was great. And he's just like chasing this little ball around the living room the whole. It was There's so a good. real uh, the workout demo. Um, yeah, I, did this happen? It sounds like your demo was much higher stakes than mine. <laughs> mine mostly went fine. The workout demo is like a time for my workout, and he's like stretching, and he's standing in front of a television. Yeah, and instead, Bali rolled to the left of the television. Projected the workout <laughs> video on the wall next to the TV, yep. which everyone has, just a wide blank yeah, wall sure. next yeah, to the TV. Same. And then just insisted on making us watch a Megan Trainer video on the television. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this isn't what I want at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't want this experience. Yes. Yeah. It was very good. All right, so that's Bali. It was good. Uh, it's cute. Uh, yeah, it's cute. Yeah. All right, we should talk about some, some standards. So lots of smart home stuff happening at CS, uh, eating toilets. Uh, you know, clumsy projector robots, <laughs> what have you. Uh, let's start with just some smart home stuff. So Jen Tui is here, our smart home reviewer. She's mm-hmm. killing it as always. Yep. Basic stuff. So matter and thread are always a big deal. At CS, we're into, what, year 35 of trying to make matter a thing. It's going <laughs> to happen this year. This year's for sure. The big news around matter is that matter is supposed to work with a wireless standard called thread. Thread is built into all kinds of things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone 15 Pro has a Thread radio in it for totally mysterious reasons. Uh, but the Apple TV has it. The Nest Hubs have it. The issue is that Thread is supposed to form a low-power mesh network in your house. Mm-hmm. So you get an Apple TV. You've got a Thread device. You get a Nest Hub. You get an Eero. They all sort of form one pretty good, resilient Thread network. Mm-hmm. And up until yesterday, the specification did not allow that to happen. Right. Yes. So instead they would all create their competing own. little networks. Yeah. yeah. And you would have like this fight. Like my Eero has a different thread network running in my house right. than my Apple TV. And I just shut the thread radios off my Eero because this is useless. Yeah. That is bad because there's more Eros in my house than Apple TVs. And so they should that should just be the good network. Right. But you can't pass the credit. It's like all just mess. So the news here at TS is that thread, the thread group, Mm-hmm. which definitely sounds like a consulting company that Jason Bourne <laughs> works for. Um, <laughs> they've, they've murdered a number of high-value targets, and they've also released a specification that lets all of those devices 
pass credentials to one another, which Jen specifically has been saying is the thing that needs to happen. Yeah. Nothing has shipped with it yet. It's a software update. They're all going to do it. But this is some like baseline spec news at CS that I think is very important because it's going to get you to the place where you in your house, you have a Wi-Fi network for high power usage, high data usage, and a thread network for smart locks and light switches. We'll see. Fingers crossed. As someone who relies on a thread network. What's in a thread fingers, network? Um, the light for the entryway so I can climb up the stairs at night Whoa. at my apartment. I like to be able to see. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Sometimes um, it doesn't work, and I'm like, okay, cool. I've got the Schlage door locks on a thread network with the Apple TV. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Just, I just like knowing it's on a different network good. than the yeah. Wi-Fi. I'm like, yeah. these batteries last 30% longer. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. These were more expensive than the other smart locks. <laughs> then there's a bunch of just sort of like basic stuff um, standards-wise as it comes to smart homes. Uh, so with Matter, Matter is extending. It's going to do v- robot vacuums this year. It just keeps getting bigger. And then dear sweet Amazon announced that instead of using Chromecast or AirPlay, it will now support casting content from Prime Video with Matter, which no one else supports. It's one of those things that it's like, if we had all decided to do this a long time ago, the world would be a better place. Like this, it is patently absurd that you have 11 different technologies just to send a thing from your phone to your television. Yeah. But, like, the, we're out on that one. Yeah. And so now we're it's like in the, people like... people are like, Dorak keyboards are better than QWERTY. And right. it's like, that's great it's for you. irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. I don't care <laughs> anymore. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we should put the accelerator on the left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should have done that in 1915. <laughs> right. But we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so now you have yet another way to send prime video to things. Yeah. Which I'm sure tons of people do all but, the time. So Amazon makes its own TVs. Yeah. They can insist on it. Uh, really popular set-top box, too. Really, yeah, the Fire like, TV is popular. I want to joke about this thing a lot, but also Amazon's, like, right behind Roku with one of the most popular, yeah. like, set-top situations. So I'm excited for uh, Andy Jassy to have a meeting with Tim Cook where he's like, we'd love for you to support matter casting on the iOS. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't think that's going to happen. I just assume he'll close his laptop. <laughs> Tim Cook just... Nope. Puts on his Vision Pro. He's like, I am on the top of a volcano now, sir. He just puts on the screensaver thing yeah. on the outside. It's like, I'm his done. This meeting's blank. over. <laughs> just looking at Tim Cook's dead virtual eyes while he just disassociates from this conversation. That's exactly what's going to happen. That sounds about right. Uh, so, uh, similar note, LG is supporting Google Cast. This is a big announcement. Mm-hmm. Samsung is not. <laughs> this is Very the good. silliest thing. Yeah. Like, so Google has nearby share. I'm like, there's a 100% chance I'm going to get all these names wrong. Google has nearby share. Samsung has quick share. Google is now renaming nearby share to quick share and just giving it to Samsung. Yeah, and they're just going to mm-hmm. put them together. And then LG is just off to the side being like, we don't have any of this anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't make phones, but we're going to use Google Cast and our TVs. Samsung is like, we're partnering with Google on quick share, but we're not going to put Google Cast on. It's just a mess. Like, this yeah. whole thing is a mess, which is why... Basically, AirPlay 2 continues to be the thing so that good. people like gravitate to. And then yeah. Google Cast is the thing that on Android thing people gravitate to. Yep. Except for Amazon Prime Video. And then lastly, just on on smart home gadgets, uh, we still live in a world of hubs and bridges. They're mm-hmm. inescapable. But a thing that's happening is they're all kind of converging and you the idea that you will have just one kind of main hub. Thank God. In your house. It's not quite there yet, but uh, Aquera, which is sort of an upstart smart home company. I've got Aquera smart locks um, as, in addition to my, my Slage ex- super expensive thread ones for no reason. <laughs> um, they're very good. Uh, they go on sale every – they're constantly on sale. They're motion sensors. They're great. Uh, yeah, and they're a really interesting company. They've got an interesting proximity sensor. But they've got a new uh, hub, the Hub M3. We've been talking about it for uh, a year or more. Uh, it's a Zigbee hub. So for all of the query Zigbee devices, it's also a thread border router and it is a matter controller if you want to be a matter thing. So this is the thing that should be able to control like hue lights and eve shades and work with your Nest thermostat. And not require you to use Home Assistant because Home Assistant has a similar hub, but it requires you to use Home Assistant. And Ooh. a lot of people aren't as nerdy as myself. A lot of Home myself. Assistant stands are about to get real mad at you. Yeah. I mean... I'm one of you. I, I use Home Assistant. I, I love it. I have the Home Assistant Yellow, but like a lot of people don't want that. They yeah, want this something is a little the, more like, turnkey. Non sick hacker version. Yeah. 
If it works. If I it just want to point out, mm. yeah. Thread and Matter, like every year at CS, we track, like, okay, there's a bunch of smart home products. These standards are growing. The big companies are still all over the place with things like, as simple as like, I'm watching a video on my phone, I want it on TV. Still a mess, right? Like still fundamentally a mess unless you are pretty firmly in the Apple ecosystem, which is Apple's argument, to right. be fair. This is Apple, like, stay in this prison and we will care for you. <laughs> Three hots a cot in consistent, reliable video casting. <laughs> that's the Apple way. Um, but it's getting better and some of these products are interesting. Okay, so that's the smart home stuff. Uh, you want to talk about Wi-Fi 7 or Alex, you want to talk about ATSC? I will talk about ATSC 3.0 right. forever. This is, I mean, this is Alex's baby. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, saw, you saw a pretty cool demo. Yeah, I saw a really cool demo. ATSC 3.0 famously came out many, many years ago and nothing happened because no one wanted to spend the money to upgrade all of their broadcast towers to ATSC 3.0 because it's expensive. And all you would get was like slightly higher quality. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, why would I want to do that? That's dumb. Yeah. And so this company, Roxy, thinks it's figured out a way, which is that- It's Roxy with an I, by the way. Yeah, it's Roxy with an I. Very important. Very important. R-O-X-I. So it's- It's good. Yeah. They also do like a music app. And so they're bringing that music app as a channel. And so right now as we're recording, if you're in Vegas and you happen to have an ATSC 3.0 tuner which on your you TV- you almost certainly don't. You could if you recently <laughs> bought an LG, but not this year's, just last right. year. If you're one of three people in Vegas to whom this applies. Yeah, <laughs> you can go and you can you can watch this channel and, and then you can pause the music on the channel. You can skip tracks. You can choose other like stations within the channel itself, all in the channel, all broadcast. And I, I was like, okay, well, do you need Wi-Fi? And they said, Wi-Fi will like increase the quality, the visual quality, but otherwise, like the interactivity, no. You don't need really? it. It's all broadcast. That and I'm is like, just not how I would expect that to work. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. They're, they're claiming that they basically put, they called it a transitory app. Uh, just a little tiny app that goes onto the TV and operates on the TV while you're on the channel. And then it it leaves the short-term memory once you leave the channel. So ATC 3.0 increases the bandwidth. Yeah. It's a digital signal. And so inside of the, of the digital signal, the storage they can there. send you the bits to run a little baby app. Yeah. That's pretty neat. How does it yeah. send a signal back to the TV station if you want to like buy? Something? Like, it, so they're they're having to use AWS. They're going through servers. So, okay. so that all is happening. And um, the money side of it was my other question. There, they figured out instead of using broadcast ads, which I guess don't make as much money, they can use uh, streaming TV ads. Okay. So, so they can use a more lucrative ad on it. And they're partnering with Sinclair, who has like forty percent of broadcast standard. Like, they own forty percent of yeah. broadcast stations in the United States. They can't own any more because then they'd be a monopoly. So that's the only reason they haven't purchased more. Uh, they're partnering with it. They're super excited about it. And they're insisting that it's going to be on all, uh, in every market that has ATSC 3.0 wow. by the end of this quarter. Wow. I'm really that's curious fast. about that because there's a 60% of markets that don't, that aren't completely owned by Sinclair. So, but they're like, no, 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 we got this. Um, so the guy was like very, very emphatic about that. So we'll see um, if that actually happens. But like, this is cool. I would love to be able to, you know, you could think about it. Like Max could theoretically, not your, your child, but. <laughs> I mean, I love her dearly and every now and again, I regret naming her Max. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She could become a new broadcast channel. But like theoretically, Max could like be on this. Uh, their, their examples were QVC or something like that. Like, like, yeah. You it's can, always, there's always transactions. Yeah, buy transaction, stuff. buy yeah. stuff, uh, choose the weather, skip skip to your your actual weather on the station while still watching the news, that sort of thing. So, so like, this has been a promise for a very long time, and nobody's actually, like, shipped it. And so that's why this is really, really exciting. So this is, like, over-the-air interactive television. Over-the-air interactive television. No internet required. No internet required. And that's, I think, super crucial because there's so many people in the United States who don't have easy, cheap access to internet. Yeah. So, like, they don't get to go watch all the cool stuff we get to watch. And this would theoretically, if everybody adopted it, would give them more opportunities. It is super cool. I think all of the interactive stuff, though, I wonder about because, like, on the streaming side of it, mm -hmm. there's no reason that hasn't been possible for forever. Yeah. And still nobody has, like, Amazon cannot figure out how to do a good job of letting you be like, I would like to buy the chips in this ad, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're showing me a commercial for Fritos. Please allow me to buy these Fritos. Amazon doesn't know how to do that yet. And so the idea that, they're all going to figure this out on... They're doing that with Prime Video. 
They're getting there. They're yeah, yeah. Slowly. Yeah. I, I suspect that one, like, like but this is my right point, now it's, like, it's just going to be this Roxy mu- music app. That's right. all we're going to see. Or the, the Roxy music channel. That's all we're, we're going to see. Uh, you know, maybe they could work with QVC and QVC and them could put their heads together and, and, and figure this out. Okay, but here's my question. Yeah. It's it's always QVC. It's yeah, always it's always QVC. The right? other thing you can do with AT3 Pruno is improve the picture quality. Yeah. Well, and that's the part I think Please, is exciting. Please, someone improve Like, to your point about quality. the broadband stuff, the idea yeah. that just, A, you're going to be able to send what amounts to streaming services over broadband is really exciting for all the reasons you're talking about. Over broadcast, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Is super exciting. And then also the fact that the picture quality could be better. But I just wonder if any of the stakeholders involved in this care enough about ATSC3 anymore to pick this fight. It's like the matter casting. Like, we should have done this a decade ago and everything would be better. Sinclair needs it. Like, if Sinclair doesn't figure this out, yeah. broad like, they're done, you know, 10 years Fair. from now. Broadcast yeah. TV is dead. Like last year, we we did a lot of reporting about how people were watching less broadcast TV. Right. So it, it's it's on its last legs. It needs something. And if this can can get those companies, and a lot of these streaming companies own broadcast networks, right? Like like ABC yeah, or should. Disney does, uh, yep. Paramount does. I think, believe Max owns a lot of cable channels. Like there is certainly opportunity for these people. And the fact that this company has figured out yeah. this tech. This is lucrative spectrum. Yeah. You should be able to do something good with it. Right. Yeah. Ideally, you increase the picture quality and stop broadcasting football instead, on 720p. Instead, you're going to buy. But instead, we're doing QVC. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some other standards. By the way, you should go watch just the glee on Alex's face. Oh, it's the best. It's a video. Just watch the video. The way that I felt at the sphere, <laughs> Alex felt demoing ATS3. I had such a good time. People like stopped to watch because I think I was just that excited. Yeah. <laughs> People like a little coming bit later into the today, booth. I'm going to go look at some party speakers yeah. and I feel like I'm going to be the most yeah, excited gonna, person to go through the party speaker tour. They're going to just join you. People are just going to follow you. <laughs> feel your enthusiasm. And they're like, why? <laughs> uh, just some other quick standards to talk about. Uh, Qi 2, that's the magnetic wireless standard that is basically mag safe. It's here. There's some products. Yeah, there's cool. a lot of it. It's it's the good news is less about like a specific product and more about it just feels like everybody has decided to embrace Qi2, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's In- going to be including good. Including Apple, which is like the big one. Right, including Apple, like we're going to start to see a lot of Android phones with it this year. Everybody thinks that new Pixel is going to have it. Like the the momentum on this is super real and happening fast to the point where I think like and we've talked a lot on the show about how cool it will be when we have a bunch of unified systems for accessories yep. and we're getting it with USB-C, we're getting it with Qi2, like it's it's going to be good things. Yeah, so we've got some photos of docs from Satechi and other companies. There's a Belkin thing that works with Apple's new dock kit. Yeah. And so I absolutely put, forgot dock kit was a thing. Yeah. I know, it, Apple is like, we made an accessory standard and you're so used to being like, and that'll be, yeah. one company will try it. But now because of USB-C and Qi2, Companies are free to try it. It's like less costly in a way. Yeah. Um, so Belkin made a dock, a camera dock. You put it on it, and dock hit motorize is the dock while you're in FaceTime mode. So it'll like follow you around. I don't know if that's cool. I think it's cool that it, the people made a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That sure. part's is really cool. Is this anything cool. that's David? <laughs> is, yeah. Is this anything? I will say I hate, I hate the webcams that automatically move to keep you in the center of the yeah. frame. It is the worst experience to be on a call with somebody while their camera is constantly moving every time they move their head. But it's like, it's just pan no. and zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or pan and scan, right? But like, if you watch something that is constantly panning and scanning, hey, it sucks. Hey, Bella Porch built an entire TikTok <laughs> career <laughs> off that effect, man. What are you doing? Fair enough. Uh, all right. Alex, what is going on with Wi-Fi 7? It's it's everywhere. It's like having a moment. It, it's having a moment. It's it's faster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But like, yes. it's faster because you can like do a thing, right? Like, <laughs> like you can like use multiple radio channels yeah, at the same yeah, yeah. time. It, it's faster. It can use multiple radio channels. And the big thing is that like, I don't know what you what other feature you want from Wi-Fi other than it's, faster. It's no faster. one wants anything else from Wi-Fi. It's but also a delivery service. Go fast. It's now interactive. You can you can connect to QVC with it and buy all sorts yeah. of things. You can like, look at Max on it now. Yeah. Um, which one? All of them. Uh, but yeah, I think the big thing is is that it's going to be smarter about how it handles your your traffic. So yeah. if you're on the 5 gigahertz and it's it's getting jammed with stuff, it'll switch you over automatically to 6. And this is just like like the bit but the main thing is it's just it's faster. It, it's it's getting a lot faster. It's getting smarter about how it handles all those packets. Yeah. And uh 
you can probably like you're going to find laptops with it now because a bunch of the laptops announced it to the point where I was like, oh, I guess it's just everywhere now. It's only the cheaper laptops don't have it, but anything like like the XPS line has it. Yeah, um, a lot, all almost all of the gaming laptops that were announced have it. So is it just all the stuff with the new? Intel? Stuff? Yeah, it seems like primarily the happening. new Intel, but you still have to have like the Wi Fi chip and, and that's expensive. And, right. And so, like, sometimes they're like, no, we're not going to put the new Wi Fi in. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, but yeah, so, so it's going to be available this year. I'm hesitant to tell people to go out and buy those Wi Fi 7 routers. I think you can still, you can well, still. Well, they've only just started certifying. Yeah. So you can buy them now, but they're uncertified and the promise is that a software update will right. certify them. We just got, was it Wi Fi 6E yeah. like last year or something? Um, I, only know that because I bought a Wi-Fi 6 router and then it was immediately then out 6E and I was just very bitter about it. <laughs> that's how I feel too. I just bought new Eros and they're Wi-Fi 6 because I was like, who needs 6E? Like that's barely anything. Yeah, now they're and like I'm seven. At 7. I'm like, I'm two generations behind yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so this is all just, this is like the Wi-Fi companies are, are doing what the TV companies did where they just want to make you jealous every year. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I guess I better go spend $3,000 on a new router. Yeah, I would wait until there's the, the second generation of routers when things calm down. The yeah. last thing you want is for there to be software instability in your network infrastructure. No fair. So, like, unless you need, for some reason, like a two gigabit per second Wi-Fi link. If you live, like, in an apartment Which we all by do. yourself, really small, your router's old, you see one of these, like, giant, because it's all going to be all, like, the giant gaming yeah. routers. Mm -hmm. You want to spend five or five, four or $500 on that thing? You know, I'm not going to judge you. I've done that. <laughs> not for seven, but I've definitely done that. But otherwise, probably probably wait. No, Just the Euro Max longer. 7 is not four or $500. It's like... Oh, no, I'm thinking like the gaming. The gaming ones are also like, they usually start at four or 500 but then they immediately yeah. go up. The A single Euro Max 7 is $600, and the three-pack is $1,700. That's yeah, outrageous. Yeah, wait. <laughs> just, just wait. Don't spend that much money Like, it's fast, but is it Effort. that much looking. faster than six? Um, as particularly because you're still going to be, like, hampered by the fact that you have to pay your ISP, who probably is going to give you garbage yep. internet. Uh, so unless you're just moving a lot of big files on your Plex server, you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah, my local network Alice is like, I'm pre-ordering a 1700 all around. I haven't pre-ordered it, I swear. Uh, but it's, it's Wi-Fi 7 is here. It seems like it's going to be the next. Yep. Like, yep. 6E seems very transitory. Yes. I also have a 6E network, and I feel very annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Next year. <laughs> Next year. Uh, and then lastly, on the standards front, uh, I will say the Verge team was the most irrationally excited about this. I don't know why, but Thunderbolt 5 is here. Uh, and we have a lot of pictures of USB-C USB ports, ports with stickers on them <laughs> that indicate Love they it. support Thunderbolt 5. They're just pictures of USB-C ports. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't run pictures of USB-C ports here at The Verge. I am perhaps the most guilty of publishing photos of ports on our website <laughs> and excitedly telling people that the future is here. I've done it a lot, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's not even a different shape of port. Yeah. It's a USB-C port with a sticker on it. They're Thunderbolt 5. Thunderbolt 5 offers 240-watt charging, 120 gigabit per second data transfer, and up to it will support monitors up to 540 hertz refresh rates uh, on the new versions. Can you bring a 240-watt yeah. charger on a plane? That's like past FAA rules, right? No, that's the battery size. You can't oh. bring more than a 100-watt-hour watt, 100 battery. Okay, so this uh, is fine. But, yeah, you can put two of those together. <laughs> Uh, but you need it for some of the GPUs that you need to support 540 hertz refresh rates. Yeah. So this is just the next standard. There are some laptops here. You, again, you can look at the photos of the ports with the stickers on them on the website. Uh, but Thunderbolt 5 is here. Uh, and Sean talked to the person at Intel responsible for Mr. Thunderbolt, who he referred to in print on our website as Mr. Thunderbolt. Wow. And Sick. I refuse to learn his real name. Intel's Mr. Thunderbolt, when asked if Apple would support Thunderbolt 5, simply said to Sean, well, they support every other one. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. We also have a photo of our Thunderbolt 5 cable. It looks like a Thunderbolt cable. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, our whole team is so excited. Like, there was, like, a hunt to get that first picture of a Thunderbolt Look, 5 man, like, two weeks ago, we made a whole Vergecast <laughs> episode about how stupid USB-C is. This is not stupid <laughs> USB-C. This is the good USB-C. Yeah. So, like, we should be excited it about goes this. Fast. I'm excited about it. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got to take a break. That was the standards lightning round here at the Vergecast episode two CES day four. Still unsponsored. Still unsponsored. Well, no, we're here at the Kia Connected Home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very good. We'll be back. We got another car lightning round to come 
uh, in David's rubric of things that are not screens, cars is next. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we're back. CES Vergecast 2, day four. Month one. <laughs> Hour 12. Year 2024. <laughs> uh, last little lightning round of CES coverage. This show, over the years, has become a car show. There's just cars mm -hmm. everywhere. We're literally sitting in the Kia Connected home. Uh, there's cars all around us. Every kind of car tech that you can think of is being demoed here. I saw a power steering pump on the show floor the other day. The Bosch. Wow. Sure. They're like, here's a thing. And I was like, that's consumer technology, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. 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 Consumers love steering wheels. Yeah. Uh, literally every piece of the car is being recontextualized uh, to be connected, to be smart, to be an EV. David, run us through some well, of the highlights here. So th that thing you said is actually kind of why I think mm -hmm. the car stuff is really interesting because it feels like we got a bunch of cars. There's like new versions of existing cars, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that at CES every year. There's a lot of that this year. This year felt unusually also like we got a bunch of things that are shaped like cars that are barely cars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think like the, the Sony Afila, which is probably the first one we should talk about, is to me the closest version of that thing. This is like borderline not a car. It just looks like a car, but it's like a, it's like a lounge area <laughs> that runs places. <laughs> but the car part seems to be the least important and least fleshed out part of this car. They've spent a lot of time thinking about the seats. Yeah. And that's about it. I just think that's weird. We're in this like strange time with cars where like Honda has this very cool new uh, concept series called Honda Zero. Hyundai and Kia are doing interesting stuff there all over the place. There's just like a Bugatti chilling on the floor for yeah. reasons that I don't totally understand. Uh, but it just feels like a lot of the cars here aren't cars. I saw so a tank. My a tank. You saw a tank? <laughs> there's like a little, like, tiny tank over. Uh, there's a company sure. here called Dodge Brothers with e-bikes, but they bought a Dodge Challenger, and everyone's like, what's this for? And they're like, we just brought it to get attention. <laughs> it's like, very, it's very good. It's just a good car. Uh, so the way I always thought about this for years was at CS, we saw the future of the inside of cars, and then the Detroit Auto Shows in a few weeks here, and well, that's where we'll see the outside of cars. Oh, the, I like that. The thing mm -hmm. that is, I think, not the case anymore, because yeah. I think what is happening in a big way is the outside cars are going retro. There's cool design stuff. Like these Honda concepts are really cool. The inside of cars, that is what is selling the cars now. So if you just think, like I love watching car reviews on YouTube. You watch Tug Demira, you watch Forest Auto Reviews. Uh, Miles Summerall is on the MKBHT team I saw him the other day. He makes great TikTok car reviews. Everyone's like flipping buttons and counting cup holders and like yeah. pushing, right? Like quirks and features is the thing. that's where you spend thing, your time. Because you're inside the car. Yeah. So that whole thing has moved to the Detroit, because that's how you're going to sell cars now, right? It's like, and is that just because, especially as things go EV, like the the experience of what it's going to be like to drive this thing just compresses to the point where like yeah. driving an EV and is going to be like idea. driving an EV is going right. to be like driving and the, and an EV. You see all the car companies call it, talk about mobility, yeah, because they're like you're going to get in the car, it's going to drive you where you want to go, and in the meantime, you'll be awash in a sea of Sony IP, yeah, right. mm. just transacting. Yes. You'll be. Spider-Man just right, flipping Spider across the car. around the car, mm -hmm. and you're going to be watching our streaming service. If you can put Bravia Core in the Sony Afila, I'll, uh, I'll buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 80 megabits per second in the Sony Neil, I, I guarantee you that's a thing. <laughs> Do you think it's because I'm at CS? I've been wondering this all week. <laughs> 
Bravia core usage has to have dropped by like 200% because <laughs> I'm not at home. Who's watching Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, so the feel is really interesting because I kind of get what Sony needs from Honda. Can you make us a car? Right. And what mm-hmm. I've been wondering is like, what does Honda get from Sony? And the answer is a universe of screens and content. But that is, it just doesn't feel like enough to sell me a car. I mean, but also most of the car makers, most, not all, are garbage at like the software side of things. So. Right, so that you see why Honda would turn to noted software oh, yeah. experience provider, <laughs> Sony. I mean, if you're garbage at it, it makes sense. Can you imagine if the like the interface of the Sony Fila is the same menu structure as like any Sony camera? <laughs> <laughs> you just spend 45 minutes every time oh, you get in your car before you even go uh, anywhere. Terrific image quality. You have to uh, format your card before use. you can go into drive. Uh, you brought the wrong format card. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no it's, driving. A, it's actually memory sticks. <laughs> no driving. Yeah. We're, doing, yeah. <laughs> we're doing weird Sony memory formats. Um, so that's a Fila, which is interesting. You look at the pictures, but it is very much... It's less about the car and more about will you watch a bunch of Sony content on right. these Sony screens? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is, well, I have a phone. So no. And it will just, it's not, it's the most vaporware of the vapor cars. Like this year, instead of a picture of it, you can like look at one. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can sit in the passenger seat. Now. Yeah. You, but it, but it's, it's, it's not still, I guess that's part of what is like leaving me cold with a lot of this stuff is it doesn't really feel like any of this is getting more real. Yeah, year yeah. after year. Like, I think we're in a phase with car design that I think is not going to last forever where everybody is just designing cars that are, like, the capital F future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything looks like a Blade Runner prop now. And that's fun, but eventually we'll, like, start making EVs that look like cars again. Like, that will that will happen. We'll come back to we'll it. We'll see. Uh, you Fingers don't think crossed. so? You think we're just going to stay in this, like, I think the year 3000 It all depends phase? on autonomy. I think right now we're... We're on the cusp of what feels like a really fun design renaissance in cars. Cars are real ugly for a, a long time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ang- the angry robot car <laughs> was just everywhere for a minute. Yeah. And now there's like some very cool like smoothed out retro designs are ev- all over the place. Um, the Honda ones you're talking about. Uh, Hyundai and Kia, That what's, there's that Hyundai N concept that mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of looks like DeLorean. Like that stuff is really cool. Um, you know, that we're sitting above an EV9. People keep coming and looking at the EV9. Uh, you can just see, like, car companies are getting the new Prius. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, a surprisingly cool-looking car. Yeah. Finally. Dog slow, but surprisingly cool-looking car. <laughs> uh, we're just on a cusp of what I think is a good moment for car design, and it's because you can re the EV stuff lets you repackage cars and think about them in a different way, right. and they want them to look different from what came before because they want to signal to consumers, like, these aren't just cars. And then on top of that, you might get to autonomy, which is a real coin flip and one that will happen, and then you get to really repackage the car into the thing that looks nothing like a car. So I, I totally agree with that. But, like, this Honda concept is just the Batmobile. Like, they just made the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of that going around. I, think, I just think we might have swung the pendulum a little far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a concept. Like, but now I'm looking at the picture of this, and this thing is hot. So, like, it's maybe, hot. maybe I'm wrong. It's I was hot. like, it's I like would have had car. that on my wall yeah. when I was like eight. Right. Right. But, yeah. But those are these are all concepts. They're all like out in the world. And you look at what's actually being announced. Yes, it's like BMW put an LLM in the voice yep. assistant. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of AR features in the new BMWs. It's like, why? Yeah. Right. Uh, Volkswagen is letting you talk to ChatGPT inside the car, mm-hmm. which I am told people have just been doing anyway. On like. The streets of San Francisco. I'm going to try it alarming. on my road trip. Like someone told me yesterday, like more people, more tech people in San Francisco are driving around just chatting to chat GPT instead of listening to podcasts than you think. Don't they have like siblings, parents, loved ones? <laughs> this makes me think of like every once in a while there's like an app that comes out that's like turn all of your emails into a daily podcast. And I'm like, who wants that? And then it's, it's these people, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, I just love the idea that people are getting out of their cars just woefully misinformed. Yeah. <laughs> just utterly be like, I know a lot of facts that's this about me. But a none of the numbers list are right. Of books that yeah. don't exist yeah. that they're going to read. <laughs> exactly. They're like ready to read books that have never been written. Um, uh, on the flip side of that, there is a lot of just infrastructure here at CS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Intel, I, I think this can only be read as a threat. <laughs> Intel had a whole keynote where they announced a bunch of AI stuff, and then the quote is, we are bringing the AI PC to the car. All right. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, and it, Intel wants this to be a big market for them. You can see that they would like to bring a car makers to so use their late. chips. They're very late. NVIDIA is very dominant and yeah. all over the cars. 
But this notion that the car should be one sort of unified computer from the body control module, all the infotainment stack, I think Intel sees as an opportunity. Uh, and then let's just end here. We should just talk about Will I Am and Mercedes. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> so I was sent a video by a good friend of the Mercedes event, which I'm told was very expensive to produce. And Will I Am comes out and he rapped a song about cars. It, he just did it. Yeah, I love uh, this. And then the feature they announced um, is that this is actually cool. I don't know if you've seen this video or any demos of it. Uh, it's an interactive musical experience in the car. So it's like playing a track. Mm-hmm. And Will I Am obviously has chosen all the samples. And if you speed up, the track gets more exciting. Oh, I don't want that. And it, it feels like. It's just going to make you drive really fast. I was, I was like, my car just screaming at me as I drive down the road. Have you ever have you seen the movie Baby Driver? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the thing in that movie that's so cool is the music is matched up to mm-hmm. what's going on. So like he's he's steering on beat and drifting on beat and it just, it rips, dude. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so fun the whole time. And Can I'm you like, if I could do that. You watch that, you watch Fast and Furious, you get in this car immediate accident. Like you're going a oh, hundred no miles question. per hour straight out. You're like, I can drift around this corner and in my neighborhood. And it's just I am yelling at you the yes. whole way home. <laughs> uh, so it's the uh, MBUX sound drive or MBUX sound drive. Uh, it links the music that you're listening to is driving. So it's a bunch of tracks, a bunch of samples uh, and things like energy recuperation, acceleration, steering, braking, and turning all linked to what is being played and Will I Am refers to this as the automotive orchestra. Cool. Okay, I love it. There was a thing a bunch of years ago, and it's possible I'm gonna get all of the details of this wrong, where I think it was Spotify did a thing with Tiesto that had basically like adaptive Tiesto songs mm-hmm. to your workout. So that like the uh, the faster you were moving, the faster Tiesto would go. Yeah. And I tried it out and it was like it was pretty cool because it like keeps up with the beat as you're running and you like you get kind of you fall into the right pace. 100% everyone is going to crash their cars as soon as they start using Well, yeah. no, so there's other things that happen, too. For example, if it's raining and you turn on your windshield wipers, it'll play lo-fi beats at you. <laughs> so you can drive home sadly in the rain. <laughs> so you drive slow. I was in love once. <laughs> in my Mercedes-Benz. If you get in the car and you, like, roll into the McDonald's drive through like, what does it start playing? Mercedes wants sound drive to be an open music platform <laughs> so that any musician create their own auditory soundscape for driving using the MBUX operating system. Can you this is like why I'm at CES. Yeah. I want to be very clear. This specific nonsensical <laughs> idea with Will I Am just mash it all. I'm surprised they haven't put the words AI in this in yeah. any way, shape, or form. I'm just imagining being a kid in this car. You know when you'd sit in the back and you'd like, when it's raining on your car, and you're just thinking really heavy thoughts in the back of the car as a little kid, but now yeah. you'll have the soundtrack going with it, yeah. like the lo-fi soundtrack. I just want it to like play me depressing music while I like shove Taco Bell in my face <laughs> on a long road trip. Like what's, what's the vibe there? One Will hand I on am? the wheel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tacos exactly. in the other hand. Like, yeah, the one where Will I am is like, you got broken up with. Dude. <laughs> like, you can, you can buy a taco and a burrito. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that crunch wrap alone ain't gonna, ain't gonna take this home. <laughs> We've all been there. All right. That's the Virchast day two, episode two, day four. At CES 2024, right? Yeah. Seems good. It was a good CES. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it was good. Fun. And I got to go sit in the sphere, an almost religious experience capped off by an almost religious movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you to Kia for letting us use our space to do shows. Uh, thank you. The whole Verge team has just been killing it this week. Please yeah. read the site. Check out our best of CES stuff. The best yeah. of CES. Up as you're hearing this. It's coming right yeah. now, it's going up. Uh, TikTok channel is full of really fun videos. Uh, CS is really fun every year. It's like a great way to start the year. There's just a bunch of tech. Uh, so it's been really fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Rock on. And that's a wrap for Vergecast this week. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 866-VERGE-11. The Vergecast is a production of the Verge and Vox Media Podcast Network. The show is produced by Andrew Marino and Liam James. This episode was mixed and edited by Xander Adams. And that's it. We'll see you next week. 